Hello, welcome to a long overdue episode of Elephant Out the Room. Um, as you can see, this one is with regards to addiction. I've previously spoken about a gambling addiction. I've done two episodes in the past and they have received quite good feedback um, and had people reaching out, which was really good. So the first was looking at what I think addiction actually is, which I know is quite broad, so it's more specific to, to gambling. The second was looking at a 20-point checklist used in Gamblers Anonymous meetings and measuring its effectiveness. So looking at the questions on that checklist and just answering them as I would and looking at how important they are to know whether you have a gambling addiction. So I haven't recorded one since May, actually, and there's a few reasons for starting again. The first is, I believe, do what you enjoy, basically. Do what you feel you're good at as well, rather than me playing golf or or painting. I could be a bit more time and effort into podcasts, which, I, as I say, I do really enjoy. And it's also easy to fall into a pattern, especially during COVID this last year, and become almost lazy and unmotivated because there isn't too much going on and you can definitely fall into a routine. But I want to do an addiction series or quite a few more addiction episodes because I think it's most effective and it's what I know basically. Um, I could do episodes about other interests like books or could do comedy episodes but ultimately you can probably find a lot better elsewhere and I think it's good to use my unfortunate experience with with betting as a positive and to try and speak about it and shed more light on it as well. So I'm calling this episode starting again because I'm yep yeah, starting the podcast again hopefully but also in relation to gambling it will be starting the the process again. So without going into too much detail about what actually happened, I didn't gamble for around two years or actually two years and four or five months. So it's almost 900 days. Um, so rather than looking at why I gambled after that period of time or how it happened, that could be done in later episodes. I wanted to talk about what happens now. If you've just broken two years of not gambling, which has, hadn't, hasn't happened to me before this time. What, what do you do with yourself? I think it's important to go through this because a gambler's brain works differently to others. And this is one of the main differences between someone who is addicted and someone who is not. So there's, there's a few aspects I'd like to look at, and the first is money. In this instance, I lost a huge amount of money in a very short space of time around a week and that's money that you've worked for for two years doing a job that you don't particularly love it's money that's been given to you at Christmas or birthdays and it's also money that you had other plans for when you had it the money that you had for me symbolizes hope and freedom and a future and if you've had a debilitating gambling past generally you have a really bad relationship with money what I mean by that is you'd rather lose £200 on one spin than buy new trainers that you've needed for 12 months or spend an extra £5 on a nicer present for a family member 
The money that you had for the future has basically now disappeared. Not only that, you might be in debt again. A personal vice of mine is payday loan companies, which provide between 500 to 2,000 pounds in sometimes almost 10 to 20 minutes and offer a, a very, very high interest rate on that, which I think is usually only really used by gambling addicts, but I'm, don't, don't quote me on that, but that's what it feels like. So I'd like to talk about payday loan companies at a later date and how dangerous they can be. So a normal person, and I, I say that in quotations, would be devastated if they lost thousands of pounds. There would most likely be a huge sense of regret and sadness. They would vow never to make the same mistake again, never gamble again, and always look after their money. I'm not speaking for all gamblers here, but I think my tendency was I have to win it back. Literally, at all costs. So rather than cutting my losses, I gambled more and more and more until the situation was basically 10 times worse than it needed to be. So within a minute or hour or even day of losing a lot of money, there is no room for waiting around. You suddenly have built up a few debts and realise that you need money to buy food, to survive, to pay rent, to pay bills. And the only way you know now is to go back to that casino website and try again, because you think it'll be different this time. You know what you did wrong, you know where it went wrong, and you know how to make more money and then withdraw it. I think I'd tell myself this while, while it's happening. And it's probably worth mentioning as well, just to help people who may have had no experience in this, is that you're in a particular place and space of mind where you don't really think, you don't have any reason, and it's almost as if your vision is only focused on that gambling site and all your energy is on that, almost like you're on drugs. Sometimes I think something could be on fire downstairs, and I'm not even confident that I would move move from my seat. So anyway, to go back to money, that's generally my initial reaction. And I, I think people struggle do struggle to understand this one. Um, I, I actually finding it difficult to understand while I'm talking about it. Rather than saying I've lost for the hundredth time and I should stop here while it's still salvageable, you say to yourself, I can go again and I can win that money back. So that happens within a day or an hour or even a week. And that's an extremely dangerous period where you lose everything or you could lose everything during this period because you're, you're so reckless. Then I would say after that time is when the dust settles a bit. And so you might wake up one morning or something in conversation triggers it and you realise what has just happened. So this is an extremely painful feeling. You're now thinking about the money you've lost as an actual figure. Possibly thinking about the money stacked up in a room, in, or in coins, and thinking what you could have done with that money. And then your thoughts go to how much time and effort you spent accumulating that money, how well you did at saving during that two-year period when you worked hard at, at not being reckless with money. 
And working isn't easy. You, you work over 35 hours per week generally, so that's a lot of time. And that literally counts for nothing now. So then a feeling of hope, hopelessness possibly draws upon you as you realise you have no money to do anything for the future. This is even worse if you have your own house or children, people that depend on you. So I'm lucky in a way that I don't necessarily have those at the moment, which is actually even more reason to to stop now. But you know you don't have money to buy the piano lessons you wanted or or a book or go to a festival or buy a birthday present or even a card for your friend. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to handle this. I'm working it out now. If you're listening and something similar has happened to you, part of you, I think, should just forget. You need to move on. You don't have that money anymore. In my opinion, there's just no point thinking about what you could have done with that money. It it will make things worse. I don't want to sound contradictory here, but you also need to remember. Not remember the money, but remember the pain. So keep reminding yourself of the agony of losing. The fact that it was horrible, it's almost embarrassing. And you should always remember that to to help you from to help you stop doing it again. So in terms of the money aspect, at first all you want to do is win again. And that's put me in a vicious cycle that did last for years. Once you do get past that feeling, you now have to deal with not having money and not resorting to betting to get money back. So I've spoken about the aspect of losing money a lot. Funnily enough, it's for me, it's not the most important thing. So two other really big things happen when you relapse after two years. First thing you do is tell people, if you're like me, and you're honest and open about an addiction, then it might be slightly easier. But that also means you've got more people to tell and more people who you, who you disappoint. I won't go again, I won't go into this too much as I'd like to do another episode that focuses on a gambling addict's relationship with family and friends, as that can be very positive to help them get through it. But it's an extremely hard thing to do when people know how successful and well you've done and how much they worry about where this could now lead to. But it's it's an important thing to do, especially if you relapse. I would put that top of the list. If you do gamble again after a long period, please just tell someone. It will yeah, it will definitely be the best thing that you do. Another another difficult thing I found was restarting the clock. Many people I've met with an addiction use an app or a date that they record that shows how long they have abstained. This worked absolute wonders for me. Once I started building the days up, it became easier and easier not to gamble. I'd look and I'd see 100 days. I remember being so excited at that. There was no way I will ever gamble again. There's just no way that I would reset the clock and start again. But obviously I was wrong because just relying on a timer to stop you from betting isn't actually enough. Although I do think having a date that you regularly follow and count up the days is really healthy for a recovery. 
which is why it is so hard to change it. To see 900 days go down to zero. It's because 900 days is a very long time. It's 21,600 hours. So it was devastating doing this, but you can't, you can't lie to yourself. You just have to restart. So what have I done to, to start again, basically? I would advise anyone with an addiction to put these in place. So I told people, told family and friends. I set up blockers on my laptop and phone so I can't have access to online gambling sites, which, especially during COVID, pretty much limits all gambling activity because you haven't got the ability to go to a local shop or a casino. And then I started reading and listening again to gambling podcasts and reconnecting with that world that I lost to seek advice. That's another thing I think you can start looking at the previous two years and maybe you notice a bit of complacency. Maybe you stopped having counselling sessions or attending GA or listening to podcasts, whatever worked for you, maybe you just laxed off a bit. I think I've learned that that's something that you can't do either. I'm even restarting this podcast to help and that will hopefully help me engage with other people who've struggled with this addiction and really just voice all my concerns and opinions about it as well. So all these things are really good, I think, but if you don't really know why you gambled or what made you gamble in the first place, then you might find yourself in a similar situation in two years' time. So I was started by doing everything that I did before, but basically better, bigger, more restrictions in place, and just working harder. But most importantly, this time around, I've started looking at the reason I gamble, the reason I started, which I will revisit in a later episode. So I think that's everything for this one so thank you for listening i do want to do more episodes because it really is the elephant in the room it still hasn't got the traction i feel that it deserves Uh, we still have companies where you're able to deposit up to ten thousand and lose that all in 10 minutes and we still have hundreds of adverts promoting football and horse racing betting which i think really doesn't help people when they're trying to recover and I do want to post more episodes about my experience and, and try and help anyone that has had a similar problem. Also, feel free to follow Elephant Out The Room on Instagram and message directly if you wanted to talk about anything I've discussed in this episode.